This podcast is sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, the premier drug and alcohol rehab dedicated to enhancing the science of recovery. First, a plug for my sponsor, who has given me the opportunity to help the families and loved ones of alcoholics and addicts better understand the nature of the disease and what they can and shouldn't do about it, shouldn't try to do about it. We say in our podcast and blog that our primary goal is to help you make an informed decision at this critical stage of your life. Safe House Rehab Thailand represents the modern approach to recovery, founded on safety, which is why we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to intake and detox, technology, and aftercare. To learn more about our modern, advanced approach to recovery, we invite you to visit safehouserehab.com or send your questions and comments to info at safehouserehab.com. Hi Bruno and thank you as always. I thought that with this episode, based on what I'm experiencing at the moment, what we are experiencing at Safe House Rehab is there is, the phone's calling, the phone is calling and unfortunately we are in a position where we cannot take any clients. Because the gates are closed to Thailand, we're still in the middle of the pandemic as we speak. If indeed we understand, and I'm part of this, that the vast majority of calls by parents or loved ones of the addict trying to get the right uh, tr- into the right treatment center. So there are options for the families as well, correct? Sure, yeah, there's, there's options for that. So I think what my question to you was today was, I mean, we're doing what we can do and what we can suggest our side. From your experience and with your knowledge and 20 years experience in this, what would you say to okay. the families of loved ones, okay. the people who are calling? What right. else can yeah. be done, okay. in your opinion? Okay. Well, uh, I think you're absolutely correct when you say one of the first steps is to educate yourself on the disease. One of the best books, believe it or not, that I suggest, and I've brought it up on our podcast, is a book uh, called Love First. It is intended as a book about intervention, but when you read into it, it really gives you a great insight, a really uh, a deep insight into the thinking of the alcoholic or addict so that you can better understand because that alcoholic or addict is speaking completely different vocabulary that you don't understand. I'll give you an example. <laughs> uh, the way he thinks. Um, you think the problem is his addiction, right? He thinks the problem is you because you stand in the way of his addiction. That's how he thinks. That's how I used to think. As, as, do, as do anybody who, like, they're trying to help and they're in the way. Another one is called, um, I call it deflection. So here's what happens. <laughs> this is like, this is so slick. So mom comes up to the kid and says, you are causing a big problem with your blah, blah, blah. And the kid turns around. He's a slick alcoholic. He does this subconsciously. Is He attacks his mother, Right for something like well if you were home on time blah 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 well all of a sudden she's sitting there defending herself and he makes his getaway he's done see that's what happens so they explain all these different strategies uh that the alcoholic uses the uh, addict uses the way he or she thinks you know the behavior that they have and then you understand that they're coming from a very different place while they're addicted and to have that understanding helps you understand you know uh, the vocabulary, the intention, the behavior, and what it takes to do a successful intervention. And I'm not saying do an intervention, 
But if you're going to do one, you better read this book, and you all better be on the same page. Where uh, can you find this book? Where do you get uh, access you go, to this kind of book? If you go to Amazon, it's called Love First, and the authors are Deborah J, J-A-Y. I don't remember the husband's name. Their husband and wife team. I think it's John and Deborah J. But look for Love First. And their point is, this is very important, their point is an alcoholic or addict who is fully active can deny almost everything except the one thing that he has difficulty denying. It's not always true, but 90% of the time he can't deny the fact that his family loves him. That breaks down the barriers. That's the way they call love first. You cannot get through to an alcoholic or an addict with anger, with blaming, with shaming, with yelling. None of that works. They expect it. And it's going to, they're going to, they're, they're going to feel bad. You know, they'll feel a sense of shame, but it's not going to change their behavior. And they won't sit down and listen to you. That's why they have a group of people, usually enough, you know, three, four, five, six, in a family or someone close to them. So husband, wife, mother, father, sister, brother, very close to them. And you prepare. You all read the book. You prepare your story. And you catch the addict unawares because sometimes the professionals will say, okay, uh, you're invited to a little family gathering and the door closes and the first thing, because I haven't, it hasn't been done to me, but I've been involved in these things two or three times already. Not often, but often enough where they go, uh-oh, I know what this is about. But they don't have the balls or the defiance to leave. So they'll sit down and listen for a while. Sometimes you get through to them. And the thing is, um, with love, you, you write the letter, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And that starts to break down those defenses and then you offer them an option because you have to be prepared to pull the rug out. I'm no longer, you can, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to give you any money. You're not going to have a free place to stay. So you have a couple of options. Either go back out there without our support or go into treatment. And you have that thing ready to go. He can literally, you've packed his bags for him, literally walk out the door, get in the van, go to the airport and go to treatment. That's how you have to move on these things. So that's great. And thank you for obviously that suggestion of that book. Just one more time what it's called. Uh, It's called Love First by John and Deborah J. J J-A-Y. Okay. Uh, You can buy it on Amazon. For people who need help right now. And now what I always suggest, what I like personally, and I think quite a a lot of many people do as well, is interaction with another human Uh, being. Absolutely. During this sort of time in this situation that we're in, interaction is restricted however telephone conversations by all means are not so this is what i do and i think this not necessarily a model but a lot of the guys in recovery who've been around for a while are doing pretty much the same thing first of all face-to-face meetings today are restricted i tend to stay away from them i don't want to make my wife nervous i am now in thailand and my home group is back in milwaukee wisconsin where i would go to I would go to an average of four AA meetings a week. I'd go each weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and then two others during the week. I had a meditation meeting on Tuesday nights that I liked, and then I had a free night where I could kind of choose what night I was going to go. And then I also attended uh, some Al-Anon meetings. So it's pretty busy. And that's the secret is to stay busy, stay connected, and stay connected with people who, uh, as we say, are part of the WE program. This is not something you do yourself. So what's happened, of course, is that in, in my case, in the case of many of the guys I know, is that we now jump on Zoom. And if you go and look for AA meetings on Zoom, there's hundreds of them. The beauty of that is not only do you connect with the people that used to go to 
uh, with face-to-face meetings, but you meet new people all over the world. And so you get new perspectives on recovery and how people work their recovery. For, for people who this is completely foreign, completely new to, do not have any understanding of AA, NA, Zoom meetings, but pushing them in the right direction of finding some kind right. of support for their loved one, right. Here's what a, would you suggest? Okay. So the perspective there is there's, there are Al-Anon meetings on Zoom. That you, so you search alanon.org. You can A, educate yourself on what Al-Anon is all about right there. You know, all about educating. All about <laughs> educating. Back again. And it's mostly to give yourself some peace of mind. This is not about changing the alcoholic. I mean, the, the secret there is to develop a healthy detachment from somebody else's insanity. Because in a codependent situation, this is critical, in a codependent situation, which is this all about codependency, if you want to read about codependency, read the book called Codependent No More by Melanie, Melody Beatty, B-E-A-T-T-I-E, available on, 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 uh, available at Amazon. You download it or you buy it or it's shipped to your house. Read that book. It's now in its 25th year of printing. She's brilliant. She talks the language. She taught me, because I went through a phase of my own life, which is relevant here, because I was the parent of a, of a daughter who went around the bend and decided she liked cocaine better than she liked anything else. And then I had a fiancé, my ex-fiancé now, with whom I'm still friends, decided that she'd rather drink in bars on the weekend than hang out with her, her two children and me. So I went through this twice. And I'm a grateful member still to this day of Al-Anon, even though I don't go to a lot of meetings anymore. So uh, this is critical. If you develop a healthy detachment between the, your person's insanity and yourself, what happens is it changes from you're only okay if they're okay or if they're okay with you. If they're not okay with you or if they're not okay, you're not okay. Well, that puts you, you're chained to somebody else's emotional condition. And you have to break that chain. You can still love that person. You do love that person. A perfect example of the difference is um, if, you're, if, if you're in a hostile situation and your husband falls out of bed, you know, and he's on the floor, you're going to leave him on the floor. If you have a little Al-Anon in you, you're going to leave him on the floor, but you're going to put a blanket over him so he doesn't get cold. And that's the difference. You now have some distance between that person's insanity and your own well-being. So you end up working on yourself. And within about three months of me going to Al-Anon quite often, I felt like this stone had been lifted because I was no longer waiting for her to come home on a Friday night at 2 a.m. Can I just say, I absolutely love that example. Isn't that a good and example? And I think that many people would agree right. with that. But it's just, it's interesting because it is essentially, it's just the way you're, you're thinking about this situation right. changes. Right, it becomes it different. It's different. And as a result, the distress that you have inside oh, you... it lifts you. It, it, it's lifted. It, 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 if you understand you're powerless over alcohol and that your life has become unmanageable, you yourself have zero power. Knowing you have power all of a sudden liberates you because ultimately you cannot change the trajectory of somebody else's disease yourself. That person has to own it. Now you can watch it, you can encourage it, but you have ultimately, bottom line, you are powerless means no power whatsoever. And your life having become unmanageable means you are no longer able to manage your life. Un means zero. So your life is now driven 
by somebody else's disease. And in that book, uh, the Love First book, uh, yeah, it says, okay, we're watching this, we're trying to control it, and that disease is running through our household like a freight train. It's just, and it gets worse. So in the beginning, you have the solution, oh, okay, I can do something about this. But the sooner you understand that you, like it says on the, on the wall, I, you can't cure it, you can't control it, right? And you didn't cause it. That's on the wall in the Al-Anon rooms, just to remind us that we have work to do on ourselves. And so when our attitude changes and we develop spiritually, all of a sudden you see people I know in Al-Anon have been there years and years, they're free. And they've got that, that, they've been married to their husbands for years and years and years, and he's still drinking, and yet they're free. Now, that's a miracle. If you don't get that kind of help, you're going to be chained to that alcoholic's behavior and attitude, and you'll be just as sick as he is unless you, you know, turn the corner. So the first one is educating yourself which you can do in many different ways. On both your codependency and on, uh, and on addiction. Second thing is sharing the problem. Yep, finding other people to share it with. Whether that's people through AA or NA or on the phone, but it's about sharing your problem right. with other people who understand the problem. Right, and, let, and oh, anything keep else. Keep going, yes. Yeah, yeah. What happens is you turn the corner and you learn a little something and you get some, quote, emotional sobriety, which you know, is applicable to an addict or, or, or a loved one in that situation is, and this is what happened to me is like, I didn't feel like going to a meeting and an angel tapped me on my shoulder and said, well, maybe you could help somebody today. And then when you get to the point of being selfless and you're helping other people, that's a huge, it makes a huge difference. And for viewers, I think this is, or, or listeners, this is, this is an important thing to understand, which some people don't even realize is when we suggest AA, NA, any of these RL, anonymous no. networks, Al-Anon, especially for you, exactly, um, these people have gone through these situations. They've understood and lived through this and a lot of the time have found the solutions and they, they understand. In my experience, and I'm sure you've mentioned in your experience as well over the years, there are so many people who are willing to help you yes, absolutely. and reach out. It's their charter. See, the, the one thing that I understand as an alcoholic is I stay sober when I help you stay sober. The beginnings of AA, and I'm not a historian, but I read and I listen and I understand enough. The very beginning of AA started with that concept because Bill W. had sobered up and he was out there trying to sober up other people and he was having no success, right? He comes home to Lois, his wife, he says, man, this thing isn't working. I can't get anybody sober. And she said, this is the spark. She said, but Bill, you stayed sober, didn't you? He goes, yeah. And that was the beginning of this whole notion. The very beginning of this whole notion is that when we come into a meeting, we have two purposes, to stay sober. And it's written into our you know, traditions. What is the purpose of the AA meeting, NA meeting, Al-Anon, maybe two, is like to stay sober and to help another alcoholic achieve sobriety. That second part, without you giving it away, you will not be able to keep it, I guarantee you. Because what happens is through my actions, I become selfless. Up to this point in time, it was all about me. Now, I kind of forget about me. I forget about my problems. And I'm actually helping somebody. The spiritual rewards of that are enormous. So that's the turning point when you talk about you know, being part of as opposed to being apart from. 
and other people helping you, they're helping you and they're helping themselves when they help you. So there's So don't feel that well, so definitely reach out to Al Anon, AA or NA networks for imminent help as there are people there who will help you. Who will help you. And that's that's how they stay sober. But it's also not just a self interested thing. There is when I help another person, whether it's a uh, a caretaker, an Al-Anon person, or an alcoholic, uh, and I share all I, you know, by the way, I only carry the message. I don't carry the alcoholic. That's another lesson. You don't try to carry the alcoholic. Carry the message. It's up to him or her to take it and use it. So when I do that, I just feel great. I just feel like, wow, this is worth it. And if I don't feel like going to a meeting, that angel's going to tap me on my shoulder and go, Maybe you can help somebody today. At the end of the day, sometimes I do a little review of the day, 10th step, like, you know, what, what, what was good, where I could do better, what other kindnesses people showed me, so that my gratitude grows. And then I ask myself, well, Ron, did you help somebody today? That's a really good question. That's a really good question, because then I get outside of myself. Well, I helped Tony with something, even if it wasn't recovery-related. I helped him do this. I helped my wife with this project. I talked to a guy I sponsor in Florida tonight. I think we both feel better. We kind of sponsor each other because we've been around a long time. I get so much joy. And I've spent an hour on the phone with Tom Mitchell, and he's in, he's in uh, Jacksonville on a new gig, and he's overcome cancer and overcome unemployment. And it's just, he's so steady on his AA program after 17 years. Um, he's a he's a beacon to other people. Here's a guy who has overcome what most people would go drunks would just have either shot heroin or or whatever, and he was steady to his purpose. I said, "Well, Tommy, you're doing really well." He says, "Yeah, I'm. Hell, I can walk to a meeting almost every day, and he's in a meeting almost every day." People say, "Well, do you have to go to those meetings?" I said, "No, I want to go to those meetings. <laughs> I don't have to go. To the, you know, I stop having to go once I start wanting to go." And so they become the highlight of my day. My friends are mostly recovering people, true friends. I've known some guys for 25 years in the same home group. I'm on, I'm on the Zoom meeting with them on a Sunday night, 9 p.m. It's 8 a.m. for them in Milwaukee. I'm happy to be there. You know, hey, how's it going? I've known these guys. I, I watched some of these guys walk through the door. The guy I sponsor has got almost 20 years now, Bobby P. I said, geez. And he goes, well, my sponsor tells me this. You know, I'm going, yeah, I told him that. I, I hope I told him right, you know. But we mm-hmm. copy each other. We, mm-hmm. And they say, stick with the winners, right? What you find out is, you, when you go to a meeting, you find out about people who don't go to meetings. Well, where's, you know, where's Bobby or where's whatever? Well, we try to get a hold of them, you know. And they'll come back after 10 years or 5 years out there. Did it get any better? No, it gets a whole lot worse. Because they say that your disease is out there in the parking lot doing push-ups. Happened to me one time. You know, the second time I went back in and, and uh, went, went back out there, it was way worse than the first time. There's an acceleration or a hung bottom out, and you think it, it's not going to get worse, and it freaking gets worse. And my psychiatrist even said, boy, oh boy, you're near the bottom. You're going to check yourself out. And that's what I tell the guys. I said, look. You mess with this thing, and it's going to kill you. Before it kills you, it's going to steal from you. It's going to steal your money, your peace of mind, your sanity, your job, and your family. Kill you, and yeah. guess who kills you? You're going to be the one holding the gun. So it, the idea is 
get the help as soon as you can get the help in whatever way you can get the help right and don't leave in. this thing don't leave it don't leave it it and only gets worse in. go all the way this go is all a the progressive way. illness yeah. right yeah. all right tune in next week for the next episode of busting addiction and its myths where we now have our weekly episodes titled by topic for you to search and download at your leisure all in the interest of busting some myths and bringing you the truth about the face of addiction and alcoholism today.